0: Thank you for tuning in to the You Own the Experience podcast. In this week's episode, we sit down with three leaders in the staffing and recruiting marketing space to discuss what trends for marketing you need to know to help your brand grow in 2021. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sense, who are also doing some really cool stuff with candidate engagement to help your brand grow and to help your candidates interact with your online presence. And in this week's segment of Ask Lauren, Mrs. Lauren Jones discusses the Shakespearean-level dilemma of to integrate or not to integrate and why that's really important for your tech stack. Please remember to rate, review, and share the episode and hope you enjoy the show. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am really, really excited to talk to three experts in the marketing world for staffing and recruiting today to give you guys some insights into what to expect and to do to be successful for 2021. So let's go around the horn and do some quick intros. And as a gentleman and maybe as a cowboy or lumberjack, we'll go ladies first. So Kelly, go ahead. Say hello. Hey,
1: Rob. Thanks for having me. This is Kelly Shootrup. I'm the Director of Sales and Marketing at Parka. It's a digital marketing agency, specializes in the staffing industry. We came from the space. My background is about 12 years, all things, all marketing, a lot of it being in-house at staffing and recruiting firms. So if I nerd out about anything, it's marketing, staffing, and food. So ping me later on LinkedIn if you have restaurant recommendations on a city I'm going to check out here soon.
0: Person after my own heart. All right, Jeff, you're up.
2: Hey, thanks, Rob. Jeff Statz, head of marketing for Talent Launch. So Talent Launch is a nationwide network of staffing and recruitment firms, independently operated. And so we have about eight brands, soon to be a couple more brands in 2021. So we're really excited about that. Runs the gamut of light industrial to IT, to office, to healthcare. So we really do a lot with the different types of verticals and supporting those. Our marketing department is really supporting all of those companies and all the different brands. My background is a lot of years in marketing in different industries. I actually came through Able and then over to Talent Launch through there. So there you go. Shout out to Rob from my Lumberjack referral.
0: (laughs) Jeff is wearing a red plaid shirt. So he's officially going to be known as the Lumberjack marketer in today's call. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Ryan, go ahead, man.
3: Hey, uh, thanks. Ryan Kobach here. About 24 years in the industry. Grew up in it. Parents owned a staffing company for many years and learned the business back then and now operating as an outsourced CMO to staffing agencies. Basically, the traditional CMO average salary in the US is about one hundred and fifty to 174000 Obviously, that's a huge chunk of change for a lot of the smaller businesses and especially if they don't need somebody full-time on staff. So, we can come in and facilitate that role as an outsourced or fractional CMO model for our clients and get them on the right path to marketing. So that's me, man. All right,
1: black belt in jujitsu, which I feel,
3: and a black belt in jujitsu—that's like- correct. But Rob would probably out wrestle me, so that's probably
0: true. But anyway, and then for this call, Ryan will be known as the cowboy marketer. He's got a guitar, piano, and a cowboy hat behind him, and he's in Dallas. So we got the Midwest well-represented. I'm an East Coaster, obviously, but we should have got someone to represent the West Coast. It's
3: too early for those guys.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's it's one o'clock in the afternoon over here. So they're awake. Anyway, so moving on to actual pertinent things here. I could have fun with you guys and talk all day. So guys, what the idea is to just get some takeaways and some actual items for 2021. I think the first thing I'm going to say is and you guys can give me a quick kind of nod to this or what your opinion is is just like 2020 where in March we had a pivot really hard. I think we're gonna have to have two game plans, right? So picture you're a football team and the starting quarterback might be playing. So you don't know if you're facing the starter or the backup, but you're gonna have to have two game plans. So I know this wasn't part of the agenda, guys, but like do you agree, do you disagree on that? Agree.
1: Yeah Rob, I agree because honestly a lot of the companies we're talking to are really seeing a ramp up right now. Like our sister company, for example, does search and consulting and they had the best month in September they have had since 2001, which is crazy. Before that, it wasn't so great, right? But then other companies are seeing a really big drop off still, just depending on what verticals or industries they're focused on. So I could see it being, some are going to hit the ground running really well come 2021 and some are still going to be not so great and they're going to have to pivot business model almost.
2: Got it. Jeff, what are you planning for over there? Yeah, I think two game plans, maybe. I think long-term planning is about two weeks from now. I mean, so I think that like, I mean, what we're seeing is there's just no long-term planning. So I think you're always reassessing. And I almost call it like the agile marketing plan. It's like, that's all we're doing is reassessing every couple of weeks. So, I mean, maybe two, maybe seven, but I think there's always that choose your own adventure that we're trying to figure out where we want to go.
0: Got it. Having make sure you have flexible tools that can power that, but also people who are looking at metrics, right? Oh, yeah. I oh, kind bad. of
3: hear about Kelly. At the end of the day, I'm seeing both. I'm seeing companies that are just absolutely murdering it right now. It's just they're going crazy, gangbusters, and others that are shriveling up. And the one thing that I see when I speak to them is mindset. I think mindset's really, really an important thing because the ones that are killing it didn't freak out. They just did their pivot as needed, and the other ones that are shriveling up freaked out a little bit and tightened up and kept their money in house and all of that. And now is not the time to do that. Now is the time to grab up all the good talent that's been laid off out there dude, through COVID. Grab that talent, and bring them in and make your adjustments and stay lean and go strong. So,
1: Right. And there's studies that show if you're steady through phases like this, you do come out stronger. than if you are investing in marketing and you cut everything and your competitors don't, you right. just got more to make up for on the tail end.
0: Yeah. Correct. I think Jeff and I talked about that at some point. Two, three months ago, same idea. So I think, Jeff, to your point, right? Like, I think everyone's talking about being agile, but you're on a call with a bunch of marketing people if you're listening to this podcast. So we're going to err on the side that you need storytellers and storytellers are going to help you win, especially when times are rough, right? I could tell a story to thousands of people at one time. You can only make a cold call or text one person at a time. So there's a lot of value in that, just broadly. That's a very broad statement, but there's a lot of value in that statement. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes here, if you will. What are you guys seeing? Big trends for 2021. It will go out of order. So I'll start with the cowboy.
3: (laughs) This trend, I think, is just more of a coming to fruition. I just feel like more and more agencies are going to jump into the automation. It's not new per se, but it is in the grand scheme of things. I think they're going to adopt automation a little bit more. I think it's a necessity. I do think for the high volume, This is specifically speaking of like I or warehousing or very high volume accounts. I think the on-demand platforms are going to be critical for them. I think the corporations are going to come to expect it for the time to fill ratios and things like that. So those are my predictions. Just truly getting into real automation
2: is what I think we'll see a lot of in 2021.
0: All right. Mr. Jeff Lumberjack?
2: Lumberjack. I agree with Ryan on that aspect. I'm a big automation nerd. Love it. I think you're looking at automating from operational processes all the way into lead gen and being able to expand your sales footprint. I mean, that's really what we're doing. So we use Sense on our side. And you're thinking of new creative ways to go find talent or go retain talent or go find clients. And you're almost... Whether you're down salespeople, you're down recruiters, Like you're almost looking to fill that void. And automations becoming, it's almost like a HubSpot type of thing. Like, how do you take HubSpot? And that's what I've always said about CureFish or Sense or whatever. Whoever's the HubSpot of the staffing industry is going to win because there's so many different paths that you can take. I think it's really important. So that's what I've seen. I think on-demand is key. I think that's another arm. And how do you use that to be able to go find talent that you may not be able to find by traditional digital methods?
0: I think I've said that before too, like the HubSpot of... Because I mean... It's sales enablement, right? But it's marketing tied in together. It's everything that SaaS companies or B2B companies are doing and really D2C companies are doing as well. But just using the right tools, which is automation, CRM, all this stuff tied together, neatly together. Yeah, it's
2: SaaS. It's almost like Satisfying staffing. I mean, that's all you're doing is just like running through and creating these workflows and just people are, are part of those workflows. So, right,
1: yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say as well, Rob, is everything in the staffing industry for so long has been one-to-one connections. I mean, you all three reference this, right? Like instead of making it more challenging to reach more people and have it be this outbound cold approach, like nobody needs another email that says, Hey, how's COVID treated you this year? Like there's no need for that anymore. (laughs) You can really focus on a true thought leadership inbound approach and tie it to smart tools that help you focus on what you really need to. I mean, Rob's a good example of this, honestly, creating thought leadership, pushing it out through different channels. Like, I think that's the future. And there are plenty of companies doing it, but the majority of companies are not doing it as a part of their bread and butter, like you would social or blogs or, you know, just the day in, day out. I think it's going to become a lot more of a necessity.
0: Kind of to that point, I co-chair a group for the South Florida Tech Alliance. And not sure if all you guys are familiar with Morgan Ingram from John Barrow's sales training, but he's a SDR Like he tests all these things on Danny's a sales trainer, SDR trainer. So I had Morgan come and talk to our group, which is a group of IT recruiters in South Florida. And the idea being that, like, hey, we need to up level. We need to, John Barrows, who's the owner of the company for the sales training, always talks about the death of the average salesperson. And we're going to probably talk about great recruiters at some point, but like, I love Adam Conrad. It's the death of the average recruiter the death of the average, he associates it with real estate, the death of the average real estate person, because you got to be the consultant, you got to be the thought leader. So I think that's kind of what you're saying, Kelly, in a direct way. So more consultative, more expertise, and just being able to deliver value in every way, shape, or form possible.
1: Right. So. Let people make their own decision before they contact you because that's usually what's happening anyway.
0: <laughs> it's getting, they they get want reviews.
1: Any information before you ever talk to them anyway.
0: Got it. Awesome. Okay. So Just recap, big hot takeaways, guys, is automation is going to keep driving. I think that's pretty straightforward. AI is not there yet to be completely meaningful, but we'll get there. High volume staffing is going to require a lot of on-demand. Platforms and on-demand is kind of a trend that we're all seeing. And then going back to how to deliver value via thought leadership. I think we're going to circle back to this as well a few times. So all of these topics are... Good, because this is all the stuff that we talked about in the pre-call, to highlight. So I'm glad we're on track. I'm glad we're all on the same page. We did not plan what the trends were, by the way, before. So let's go on on-demand. Next kind of big bullet point here, Big Rock. How does on-demand affect marketing 2021 and maybe even long-term, guys? So we'll go, Jeff, you're up first on this one. And Kelly, sorry, um, you don't have a nickname.
2: We'll go Foodie. You got to think of one. Maybe we can crowdsource one. Hey, I
0: like
1: that. Comment below.
2: (laughs) There you go. We'll do that. I think on-demand, it's what it says it is in terms of marketing. I think, again, like I always say from a technology standpoint, figure out your process first, then fill in your gaps with technology. A lot of people get the shiny technology and they say, all right, cool. Like, let's fit it in somewhere and try to market around that. I think if you're doing it right, and this goes into on-demand, even as, you know, whether it's mobile apps or whether it's utilizing an actual on-demand platform, is you have to look at the process and see where that falls into the process and then start driving your marketing workflows and your campaigns and accepting the fact that it's happening. So whether you're using a work in or whatever you're like, there's a branding element to it. There's a marketing follow-up element to it. So I think that again, it's where it falls in the process. And then how does your marketing support it and then also kind of like close the loop in the fulfillment side of it?
0: To be completely transparent, right? I was consulting with a company in New York City and we were talking about implementing work in and then getting candidates on it. Right. So like how do you yep. get the supply right so it's not trying to be coarse but in this case just truthfully the candidates are the supply and how do you keep people on the app keep the app relevant is there only certain industries like hospitality where it's super vital or light industrial how does that play but like how are you going to get people to download an app this is another question jeff you want to answer you can but then Ryan yeah. and kelly when you jump in feel free to answer that too inside of your answer
2: I think if it becomes a meaningful part of your process, I think that's number one. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, because I've worked in companies where we had an app and it was just an afterthought. And it wasn't really like, ah, cool. All right, we got an app. And we got all excited about the launch. And then we never cared about it after that. And that's our concern, you know, from a marketing, because I'm not on the agency side of things, but from in marketing and a staffing firm, we are concerned about <laughs> making sure that the on-demand side of it is truly meaningful because we've looked at these things and, looked and had discussions around Is it going to be a utility? Like, is it going to be one of your top 20 apps that a candidate uses? And then how do you reinforce that by creating value in the app? Is it pay stubs? Is it meaningful information around shout outs? I do think that there's a vertical, whether it's events, healthcare, from a shift scheduling standpoint. But again, you've got to get people to make it part of like that app as part of their thousands of apps they have on the phone. And if it's not a part of that weekly usage, you're going to lose them.
0: Got it. I'm going to jump to Kelly in a second here, but another thought that just came through in my head is like, number one, let's be honest, right? We all do marketing here, staffing and recruiting websites. Last year when I worked at Hairfish, and this year that Able, like no one fixes their damn website. Like you got to have your website up to date and modern. So Jeff, to your point, which is super valid, right? Like, is it an afterthought? No, it almost like seems in my head, to me, like it has to be another extension of your website. Like now you have to mean these two things. So you should have someone managing your website or like marketing, managing that. But then also how does that plug right into the app so that both can have meaningful content or value
2: running through them? So that's just yeah. in my head. It's top of funnel. Where are they coming into? Because I think me personally, 95 and I'll let... Sorry, I'm,
0: I'm no, a you're
2: good. Bull We're rushing good. it. But like 95% of your whole website point of being is the job board. Like nobody cares. So use it as what it is and create another source that can be tracked and there's visibility around success with those metrics. All right, I'm done. No, oh, that was great. I'm out. All right, Kelly. Take a knee. You're
1: out. Oh, take a knee. I love it. So Jeff talked about the process first. I agree completely. You got to figure out what seats you need on the bus before you occupy the bus or try to work backwards to justify this expense you've just invested in. And so I've got a couple of thoughts. One does relate to the app or if you have an app and if you obviously have a website, just making sure that they're not serving the exact same purpose without any additional function. Like if someone is going to do a search or get an email, whatever it is, get pointed to your site, they can fill out a job application right there. But then you have an app that does the same thing, but you don't set it up with notifications and it's not programmed in a smart way. That's going to add value. There isn't a purpose behind it, but obviously if it can add value, then great. I think it also matters what your competitors are doing. If you are in a market where you are the only one not adapting that and that's what your candidate base has come to almost require as a normal experience. You just have to get on board. Whereas you might be in a spot where none of your competitors are doing it and it's something really cool to innovate and pilot. And then final thought on on on-demand, just in general, kind of taking a different direction here. On-demand includes platforms like Upwork, right? Where you've got all these freelance individuals across a variety of focuses, marketing is one of them. We'll talk more about this, I think, as our talk goes on here. But when you think about, all right, so I've got to do marketing, I might have people in-house, I might have partners, I need to supplement, whatever that looks like for you. If you think about, okay, I'm just going to jump on Upwork, hire someone that's got a title of CMO, or hire someone that says they do marketing, they've got some good reviews. It is important to remember, and I know everybody here would reiterate this, it's just important to remember that staffing is its own animal. There really is not any other industry that hones in on it the same way. You need clients, you need candidates, it's this whole mix. And so just to think about that, as you're looking to in hire in-house or partner with people, they've got to know your space. And it's also important for accountability. You know, if you hire someone that doesn't have their own brand or doesn't have years of experience where they've got people that it would matter to if you have a bad experience, you're just going to end up playing project manager instead of client. And most people out there who are running staffing firms do not want to do that.
3: Great. All right, Ryan, what you got? So you guys covered a lot, so that's good. A lot of that was in kind of my notes. So just one other takeaway on this is, again, I'm talking high volume type staffing where time to fill is vitally important. I think that the workforce, as well as the corporations, the staffing companies will probably be the most resistant to it. I think the corporation that starts working with the company that has on-demand apps that tie in with them and they can just pick and choose and they have abilities to rate the workers, the workers can rate the employers, and that starts going back and forth. If I'm a staffing company that hasn't adopted it and I go and try to sell and it looks like we're stepping backwards in time, I'm probably not going to get that account. So what I've been talking about, with my clients about is like, it's kind of one of those things that we know in four to five years, especially with millennials. Millennials have had their whole lives have had click a button and get what they want, right? I'm really old. So, I remember a day of having to kind of go after stuff that I needed. It wasn't always just right in front of me. So, I feel like the workforce itself, once they get a taste of it, if they go to your site and you have a very long, cumbersome application process and You don't have an app and they can't just select their shift that they want to go to and all that. They're probably going to go back to the company that did. So in reality, I just feel like now's the time to go ahead and dip your toe into it. Even if you don't fully adopt it, start figuring it out. Start seeing how it can play into your overall scheme of things. The cost isn't just super high on some of these platforms, Work the kinks out and just be an early adopter. We know this is coming. It's like ignoring a hairfish or a sense or automation. A lot of people have, you know, it's coming. And then when you finally break into it, sorry, your competitors are four years ahead of you and you're just playing all this catch up, right? Not every trend has to be followed, but when you consistently hear these buzzwords over and over, you can bet that they're coming and you might as well go ahead. And at least start adopting it. It's just my opinion because if you don't, you could lose out. Another thing, too, so I'm actually working with the client on implementing a company called Gig Ronin. They're newer in the market, they're like a work in and, and those guys. And Gig Ronin's got a cool platform, it's on demand. You can rate the worker, rate the company, this and that. There's a lot of social proofing going back and forth. And The client that I'm working with, the salesperson, you know, I was consulting with them a little bit this past week and he was like, they're very high volume industrial. And he said, I went into a company, I got the ever so present question of how are y'all different? The company asked that. And, you know, typically they're going to roll their eyes because staffing is staffing. But the sales guy was like, well, you know, I mean, we're kind of like everybody else except right now we're adopting a platform that's going to give you this ability to work directly in with us and select shifts and see the ratings on these workers. You're going to have some more social proof on them and all of that. And that guy goes, well, that's definitely a differentiator. So will it always be? No. There'll always be something else coming along. But for right now, I think it's a good weapon.
0: Yeah, I think selling your tech stack, making sure like it is a differentiator. It's a thousand percent going to have to be part of your sales enablement. Like, Let's like, get to the point where we're enabling our sales team for business development and staffing and recruiting. Let's enable our recruiters. Why are you different? Like I didn't get it at first when I joined Weatherby, but they like jam this red ribbon service thing down your throat and they deliver it, but it's a differentiator. And like now that I'm a little bit deeper into my sales game, I was a teacher for eight years before I joined Weatherby, like I could sell red ribbon service a little bit better. right? Like I mean I would downplay it and make it very just conversational, but like you could see where that would be a thing. But now technology also has to be a thing. And Hey, we can get reviews and we can get all this information out of it. We can use data, right? Like if you're a staffing firm and you're not selling your ability to collect and aggregate data and then use that to be consultative, you are missing out. Because that's part of marketing. Data is part of marketing, right? That's why there's data scientists everywhere. And so whatever platform, whatever technology enables you to gather, aggregate, and use data to consult with your customers, your recruiters, your salespeople, again to Ryan's point, you should be to be your toes in, but then you should be Using it to sell. So, any final thoughts on on demand and marketing?
2: I think what Ryan said though is key. I do think access is like the differentiator. Is that's what you're seeing? I mean, one of our companies is working right now, and the client that they're working with, a longtime partner, said we're going to just internally hire. We don't care. We're going to do this. So now we're fighting on value and speed is part of that. Access is part of it. So you talk about selling your tech stack. I mean, that's part of this. If you're selling accessibility. You're selling. Speed and time to fill, obviously, but you're doing it in a different way, and a lot of times that's part of it is again it's that early adopter kind of like first mover advantage mindset of saying like yeah, we're using this to do this, and this is how we're getting access to different types of candidates. so I do think it's key if you're doing it right absolutely
0: awesome, and so let's kind of transition that into how do we sell right or how do we market outbound inbound are you creating content? is your website enabling it is your app enabling inbound or outbound like I don't even know how to phrase the question correctly, but like, what are your guys' thoughts for 2021? One or the other? I think we kind of know we all need to create content, but Kelly, you are up first. So rock and roll. I
1: love love this topic so much. (laughs) So if you're a staffing firm, right, a recruiting firm, like Rob said, there's so much competition out there, right? And if you go and you talk to your potential clients to land new business, they're going to say, okay, what makes you different? And if you're working with VMS, that's a whole other animal, right? You got to go into data and your speed and all of those things. But if you're working in one-on-one relationships, regardless of what you're placing, at the end of the day, you're still saying the same thing. We work with our candidates. We love them. They love us. We know the industry. We've been doing it for years. You should give us a shot, right? But that may or may not work, like especially with all of these companies buckling down on their budgets and trying to figure out what the heck the next month looks like for them. So if you can proactively get in front of them with thought leadership pieces that answer the types of pain point questions they're having. I mean, I know Jeff and Ryan have both mentioned like in working with my clients, XYZ has come up and I'm in discussions with them. So every staffing firm, whatever conversations you're having with your clients or your candidates, you're seeing pain points come up and sometimes you're the thought leader in it and sometimes they're educating you. But if you can take that information and put it into the form of an ebook or blog content social content, podcasts, webinars on demand, whatever that might look like and can be repurposed to, you're going to be able to expand your footprint of who you get in front of. But also for those one-on-one conversations where you're trying to gain the trust of that client or stand out to candidates so you become a go-to resource. Now, all of a sudden, instead of being a salesperson or another staffing firm, you're an expert to them. Like, why would they not choose to partner with you or at least engage you in the conversation when they're ready to invest? And so I'm a big fan of distilling pain points you're hearing and seeing and talking about and putting into content that stays around and you can use ongoing.
0: And I'll just jump in and say that that's also, if you're a recruiter or a business development person, you need to be using those videos and those content pieces in your cold calling. Hey, the reason for my call is I just talked to a CEO of an IT company in your area and they were telling me, act, pain point, right? So... Like, that's part of sales enablement. And then, hey, check out this video that my marketing team created or we created around that. Ryan, you're up, I think. You know, the topic of
3: inbound versus outbound versus, you know, all of that. I think Kelly can even tell you we've had these conversations before. I'm just a believer in do it all. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have a channel that can reach somebody, you should utilize it. Now, I think there should be discussions within your organization as to how much time and money you appropriate to each thing. But I think poo-pooing anything like SEO, which I think we'll talk about a little bit is a bad strategy. Poo-pooing, getting into your own content creation, even from video standpoint. So like one thing that we're doing with our clients has been very effective and they're slowly telling us, hey, you know, my inbox is filling up with people wanting to at least chat is... And it was very uncomfortable to push people in this direction, but we've actually had our clients get their entire team, their recruiters, their salespeople, their CEOs, their payroll specialists and all of that into content creation and video creation. So if you go to like our clients' LinkedIn pages or their YouTube pages, each week, some companies were getting like 12 and 13 videos a week. And then we put the long form and then we micro splice them and then we put them into podcasts and then we extract that transcription and place the video on their website with a crude transcription that just basically says... Like this is an audio transcription, grammar may not be right and all this other stuff, right? But it's so keyword rich because of the topics that they're talking about, right? But if 12 people a week are doing that, you're getting 48 pieces of long form content a month and you're getting when we micro splice it, you're getting even more. So some of them are getting hundreds of pieces of content every month that they weren't generating. So we've had a lot of success with that. Sales is always going to be critical. You got to have a good salesperson. They've got to have the tools for marketing, though. They need to be supported. They've got to have the tools that speak to your story, speak to your why, speak to your how, and all of that. But I think everything's critical. Social media is critical. SEO is critical. I think if you're not in the paid game, it's crazy to not be in the paid social and PPC game. We'll talk about the reasons for that a little bit later. But that's just my philosophy. If you can, if there's a channel, grab it. (laughs) Don't overlook anything, right?
1: And quick note that outbound will always be a part of the process in this industry, like business oh. development and recruiting. Like, yeah, just for reference, I'm not advising to only have your marketing team populate and you just send that out and just kind of sit like oh, it, okay. it will always take both.
3: Yeah. We've had a lot of talks about that, Kelly. I mean, you're a believer and do it all,
1: right? Totally. Yep. Strategically.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So... Mr. Stats, you're up last. And if you want to jump in and kind of rehash that conversation we had about SEO in the pre-call, and then we'll kind of filter into that towards the end or after your answer. Uh, You could talk outbound inbound first if you want, and then tie it all together.
2: For what we have to do, I mean, there's five of us managing eight different websites and all the platforms and everything. So, and everything is branded. So for us, I think I was at Staffing Hub last year or whatever. I don't even know when it was, but like, you know, talking about it and we were talking around the marketing and my philosophy is always relevant conversation. Like You're creating relevant conversations. So wherever you are, whether it's top of funnel, whether it's middle of funnel, what we do is we try to be strategic and we look at relevant conversations. So we provide the air cover for our companies to like get the pain points out, get the challenges out, address it, and then work with each one of the companies and their salespeople to really get into those vertical campaigns. And what do we do in terms of whether they're drip campaigns or whatever else we're using? So... I think it's a resource game for us. Yeah, could we do more inbound? I worry about inbound because I think doing a lot of content is great. But if it's not relevant, if it's not really moving the needle, then there's really no point. It's just my point of view around it. Video is key. And I think we try to get video job descriptions. We provide all that. We encourage video in our drip campaigns for our salespeople and we see great results. You would be amazed at how many recruiters who are supposed to be outbound don't want to be on video? And I'm like, well, sorry, that's the new like knock on the door. Like You got to do it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of- but it's funny. They're like, hey, I want to do something, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to write a blog post. I don't want you to write a blog post. Why don't you just do it on video? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, you're the one that is saying it. We're telling your story. Bring the personality of your company out through you. I'll just be the conduit to get that in the delivery method.
3: Can I talk on that real quick? Because I actually read, I didn't mean to jump in, but this is pretty important because I actually read a somebody on my LinkedIn and I wish I could give them credit for it, but they posted an article, the number one, I think it was Todd Babel from Integrity Staffing. I think he posted an article that the number one skill moving forward in 2021 and even beyond because of COVID work from home and everything else was communication and being able to effectively communicate that how introverts and people that don't want to be on camera don't want to do this and don't want to do that are actually going to start to become having a more difficult time in the workplace. Right. I told my client the other day because they were getting some pushback from a couple of people internally about doing videos. It is interesting because some of the pushback was coming from some of the people that were the best, like that were doing the best videos. Right. And it was like, time, I don't have time, I don't know what to talk about, this and that. And here's what I told my client. I said, I get it, but it's almost just not even an option to say right. no more. And it's sad. You didn't get hired to be a radio or media personality or you know, a television person. You didn't, right? And so it feels outside of the realm of the game of what you're supposed to be doing. But in reality, we're moving to a consumer, consumed content world And you're going to have to, at every level of employment, be able to speak to your company, your brand, and all of that. And it's an uncomfortable thing, but the more you can get some coaching or some guidance and just get out of that comfort zone and do it, I know Kelly and Chanel always do the Parka marketing minute type thing. They're very consistent with it and all of that. It's just important that people get in front of that and speak to their authority on the subject. I think it's a skill that is not optional.
1: And coming from marketing in-house, like I've had people physically say that to me, like standing right in front of them, right? This is before COVID a number of years ago. And they're just like, I just don't have time. And at the end of the day, I know that if you as a recruiter, you as a business owner gets to choose between recording a video or writing a blog or doing any marketing in air quotes thing versus something that's directly revenue generating, That's what you're going to pick every time is the revenue generating piece. But it's literally like leaving breadcrumbs to give somebody the opportunity to become a client or a candidate or a collaborator in the future. And the way I look at it is if you, whoever you are listening, right, if you're an owner, you're a marketer, you're whatever, like if you can set a plan, it's just going to be a whole lot easier. Just like your staffing firm focuses on industry verticals and you've got a target plan or you're focusing on recruiting specific roles because you've got this need you're filling for your client. In the same way, video is great, but if you're just like, well, frick, I don't have time to do this. Okay, well, don't worry about that. Let's just put half an hour on your calendar every week, sit down and map out a few topics that you're seeing relevant, and then just like set that 15 minutes that you're gonna record, or you know, whatever it is, like pre-schedule it, predetermine the topics. Because once you've got your roadmap, whether you're holding yourself accountable or you've got someone else that's holding you accountable. It becomes a lot easier. Then it's like bite-sized. Like, okay, I preset my topic. I pick it up for the day. This is what I'm going through. Whether it's once a week or once a month, like whatever that might look like, just pre-plan. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen.
3: And we don't have the luxury like when I was coming up. I mean, we could always drive across the road and walk in with our briefcases and our suits on and be all businessy-businessy and sit down in front of people and have these conversations about our services that we were offering. Now, it's like everybody's remote, they're working from home, there's this and that. There's not a lot of face-to-face going on. And when somebody's searching for a, they have a problem, they're searching for a solution. Like Kelly said, if you've got this breadcrumb of just authority content over and over and over, chances are you're going to capture the
0: attention of somebody that has a need. And so you know, that's just my opinion, right? I have one question. Did you ever AV test in Dallas wearing a cowboy hat to sales calls? And cowboy I boots.
3: Actually, I have actually worn one, but you know, around here, I
0: mean, it's yeah, kind of more modern. Not yeah. that'd be an interesting thing, right? Like based on your location, right? Like,
1: like wearing a plaid shirt or not, you know, like.
0: Well, if you're in Minnesota, and you're going on a sales call, a plaid shirt could be good.
1: Yeah, I don't know, just like a
2: babushka or Ooh.
1: something like
2: that, like dry uh, it out
1: like that, full on. Actually, the first time Rob had me on a video that he's going to post to LinkedIn. She where, wearing. Where Calls me and he's like, "Hey, I just want to catch up. I'm recording. I'm going to start asking you questions." And I'm like, "It's a Friday. It's winter. I've got this hat. I've got my headphones over my hat." We just yeah. I was
0: going to recommend your nickname being like I was thinking something around snow, but I couldn't think of something positive, so I just let it go because I was thinking about that hat and that call.
1: I'm really proud of that hat. I'm very excited that I get to bring it out soon.
0: That's yeah. exciting. I'd never get to bring out cold weather gear, so
2: Those I understand. Frozen. You just Ooh. say, let it go. You did say, let it go. Uh, there you um, go. go? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was it Elsa or? Elsa, isn't it? What's the other sister? Come on, Ryan. You have girls. Let's go. Oh, dude, I stay so far
3: away from that.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> he's lying. He is straight <laughs> up lying over there. <laughs> All right. I do know product. Elsa. What's the know. other sister's name? You know it. I know you know it. Oh, dumb, man. Yeah, God. All right. I don't believe you, but we're going to move on. Anyway, Jeff, SEO. Let's just kind of hit on that real quick. Guys, we had some interesting conversations around what's going on with SEO for Google. So just kind of hit that real quick and then we can move into our little yeah. rapid fire session we have planned.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the conversation was around SEO and the importance of it. And I think we hear that all the time. It seems like it's getting more important annually. Like It's always like more important than it was before. And Ryan, you brought up where you think Google's going, which I do as well. I think it's becoming a pay-to-play where they're controlling not just the search and not just the algorithm, but the output and yes. what's displayed. I personally think. So for us, again, I'll just kind of end after that. And I think we inherently think Google's going to be pay-per-play for a lot of what is going on right now. And even from search, I think SEO is important. I think they're also controlling the importance and almost kind of driving you, whether it's truthful or not, kind of driving you into that pay-per-play.
0: I think that's something to just be cognizant of, right? And we were talking about LinkedIn being the same way. If you want your company page to be seen, you gotta pay. you're going to have to pay. Real estate's yeah. expensive, and real estate is even more expensive.
3: Facebook was one of the earlier adopters of that. I mean, they absolutely all but just destroyed the engagement on company pages. In a certain way, I get it because you get friends and they're like, hey, we follow my cleaning supply company. You get friends, hey, we follow my jujitsu school. And I did one time, I'm off of Facebook now, but I used to be pretty heavily on it. And I went through my likes and it was astonishing over 10 or 11 years. I had liked hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of business pages, usually just supporting my friends and stuff like that. Right? Well, I get it. There's no way they can just keep my feed with everybody's business page. So it just got buried. And they said, if you want it to be seen, you just got to pay. Everybody's doing that. And the only other thing I was going to say about SEO, is I feel like Google's kind of stealing everybody's thunder in the sense that if you answer a hard question, like a searcher is looking for a, they have a need, they have a hard question. They're showing the snippets from your website, but never driving the traffic to your website. And so Google's keeping all that data. And then the only other thing I would say is, and I think Kelly will have a lot to say about this because Parker does a good job on their paid search and all of that. Right. Which we, I don't do as much of, but used to the first two results were kind of separated. They were at the top. It was only two and there was a real distinction and they were ads. And then you had all this organic and maybe one ad below but now what you're seeing is, is basically sometimes the entire first page is add, 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 add,
1: add. This so my business listing, add, add, add.
3: <laughs> Literally. And so I feel like if you're not utilizing somebody to help you get into PPC and play the game, then SEO has always been a long play, especially organically. Yep. But I think it just becomes an even bigger long play I think you got to start dumping dollars into it.
1: Yeah. And just quick food for thought. When you consider paid, it's not just important to throw money at it. Just like anything, you know, if you're pitching a candidate and they're not the right fit for culture, who cares? Doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. Same thing with paid. If you're running paid ad campaigns and you're driving them to your homepage and it speaks nothing about the specific message that you got people to click on in the first place. Doesn't matter. You're just spending money. So there's a lot that goes into it that makes it successful. And then the other thing is when it comes to things like social, we're talking about how buried you get if you're not doing paid. It makes your organic social posts on LinkedIn or any platform so much more critical to get engagement. Because if you're one of those companies that posts five times a week on LinkedIn, for example, and gets two comments and you've got thousands of followers, LinkedIn's going to go, Ooh, no one wants to listen to them. And then they're going to start downgrading it in the algorithm. So Quality is much more important than quantity, oftentimes when it comes to organic. Very tactical. There's a lot of directions we can There's walk. a
3: lot of stuff that goes into it. That's why you have to have experts driving that. I do know sometimes I'm talking to staffing owners and they're like, they themselves are kind of throwing money at like an AdWords account or something like that. And they're just like, well, we tried that. We spent a couple of grand. We didn't get anything. And you're right, Kelly. They threw a bunch of very broad keywords in there, put their budget in and drove everybody to the homepage. Well, that's just not strategic whatsoever. And you're never going to get anything out of that. You got to have experts that know what they're doing.
0: Love it. If you guys didn't get a lot of takeaways from that for SEO and landing pages and creating content. And then Ryan talking about using transcription services for your videos. So you get the keyword, which can help with your SEO without you having to... You're going to have to pay, but like... You get additional content. You get like every podcast becomes a blog and every podcast has show notes. We don't drop this transcription in, but we have it so we can use it. But something that we can do because we do have access to it. So one video can be four or five pieces of content very easily. So definitely you need to get a video if you are not. You do have to have somebody like a
3: Marco or somebody the, the time that it takes to edit out the ums and transcribe and all that. If you don't have somebody internally, you're going to bail on that pretty quick because it is time it.
1: It's like the three steps. You got to plan it. You got to do it. Then you got to do all the follow-up to push it out and do it right. And the doing it, a lot of in-house people can manage, right? Like Uh an owner, thought leader, but the planning of it has to be done by you or somebody and then the delivery of it and where it gets pushed out to has to be done by you or somebody. If you don't have all three of those,
0: I, <laughs> I do my delivery on the weekends where I'm just delivering and doing all the editing and stuff for the videos.
3: Uh, you're internal and you know how to do it
0: and all of that. And so there's a difference there.
3: You have a marketing background. And so for a lot of these staffing companies, they don't. They don't have anybody internal. And so they'll just kind of say no to it because it is daunting if you try to handle it all on your own. So, All
0: right. Love it. Let's go into this little rapid fire question round that we created for ourselves here. So... All right, I'm just going to throw out a like a bullet point or a question. You guys jump in and answer, and then I will make sure that that's pretty accessible in the blog post so that you guys can just see what everyone says here. So question number one, and we'll start with Kelly, we'll go Jeff, and then Ryan, then we'll go in reverse, and then I'll just start calling out random names. So I'm going to add to this one, right? So one new tech, do you see being super effective in 2021, whether it's a paid tool, like a company-wide tool or an individual tool. And then any free tools that you guys for marketing or sales can recommend. So let's do both, like paid and then free for everybody. So anything you guys are seeing people using or recommending, that doesn't cost anything because that's super important. So Kelly, what do you got? What do you think Santa in 2021?
1: Definitely. So there's a few things. I'll try to go quick. One, we talked about how important video is and it really is. But we talked about it all in the inbound sense. Like put all thought leadership, get people to watch it. Maybe eventually you'll have a good business development conversation, but you're also trying to add value into the world. I want to talk about it briefly from an outbound standpoint. There is a group called Sales Mail. Sales and then M-A-I-L. M-A-I-L. It's a Monday, guys. <laughs> knowing out. I like it, but it's impacting everything. Anyway, what they do in a nutshell is allow you to send out email messages that include a GIF, GIF however you want to pronounce it, of you whether you hold up a whiteboard and you've got the person's name in it that you're sending email to or whatever it might be. But the concept is it's a outbound prospecting email tool that includes a visual. So instead of getting stuck in the abyss of just text or like a formatted email that feels impersonal, they're able to click on it and it shoots them off to a landing page. And now your prospect, whether it's a candidate or a client, is spending time listening to you for 30 seconds going, hey, Jeff, it was really great talking to you. XYZ, here's my follow-up. Or Rob, would love to get in touch with you. This is what we do. I saw this on your site. It was relevant, blah, 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 whatever. They have an app platform that, or I should say their platform allows you to track analytics just like you would with a constant contact. I can see who opens it, how long they've spent on it, if they afforded forwarded it, all that good stuff. So they're fun. They're cool. They're newer to the staffing space. They've been around for years in a few other industries. Great recruiters, I'm sure, will come up. They are, well, I'll let Ryan talk about great. Oh,
0: by the way, is sales mail free? Is it like a freemium and then a paid?
1: I believe they're just paid.
0: So there's a couple of freemiums too, like BombBomb Bomb or Vidyard as well in the same space. If you're yep. not aware for you, Cali, they offer a freemium as well.
1: Yeah, we've toyed around with both of those in different ways though. So I can't speak to like the perfect demo differences of all of them, but sales mail is something that I hadn't seen personally the staffing industry use, but it may just be that I haven't run across that. And then great recruiters got a lot of fun reaction from everybody. I'll let somebody else tackle that. I think we're all really big fans. So if huh. someone doesn't tackle it, we'll come back. And then this is a freemium. Google Chrome has an extension called Page Monitor. And so as a recruiter or business development, I guess on the business development side, if you are watching a client company wanting to see anytime they post a job so that you can market a candidate in, I know this is more heavily prominent on the recruiting side than a staffing side sometimes, but anyway, free Google Chrome extension, you can assign it to any page and it will ping you when there's a modification to that page. I've been hearing recruiters talk about that lately and that seems just like a smart thing to have on your desktop.
2: Love it. All right,
0: Mr. Stats.
2: Yeah, I think BombBomb is what we use. BombBomb is really good. I think it's bigger in like the financial services and real yeah. estate space. I'd say from a paid, so we use great recruiters. And again, it seems like Ryan's got a lot of thunder on that one. So I'm not going to feel no, We no, actually. No, I, I was going to just well, uh, go ahead. No, I mean, we actually replace our best of staffing. So we were part of our core tenants of talent launches that were innovative. We provide great service as referenced by our NPS. We actually saw better NPS and we're seeing better NPS from great recruiters, real time relevant reviews versus a clearly rated one-time thing. So we've actually replaced that for 2020. So any of the NPS scores are going to be based off of great recruiters NPS. Now, again, NPS is just a question. So you can use whatever you want. But like we saw that just the benefits of it have been just outstanding. And our network has done really well just and just really speeding that.
1: They've got individual landing pages for the recruiters themselves. So not only are you yeah. looking at LinkedIn profile or whatever, it shows up in the Google My Business results, like on yeah. like searching someone's name or company name, you can yep. see your rating and jump out to Recruiter X's reviews. It is cool.
0: Yeah, I just saw the new demo and there's some new stuff coming out, but you can also rate anything. Like you can send out questions for any part of your business, operations, yep. if you're credentialing, payroll, blah, 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 blah. Like how the company itself did. So there's some really cool stuff that Adam and that team is doing. Coming up. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, but I think that that's important because again, it's to our whole point of like relevant conversation. And that's what we found from a clearly rated standpoint. Great, nothing against the platform, but it was a one-time thing that we were doing. And like, we need to have ongoing performance management, review, reputation management, personal branding. So I think that one's a key one for 2021. The other one is paid, is the Sense recruiting chatbot. I think that again, I'm pushing Sense to be a very much the hub spot. I don't care. To be honest, I don't really care. But I think somebody's got to be the hub spot in terms of on-website, public website, chatbot, and being able to capture, again, it's just like the on-demand conversation. Be where these candidates are and be a natural part of where they're searching and where they are. So I'm excited about that. And then a free one, which, again, it's not free, And like, but I'll mention it to our recruiters, is Canva. Like again, I think this is oh. like cool. Five years ago, I keep mentioning it, and they're ah. like, it, it, "Like Canva, yeah." Oh, holy crap! I didn't even know. I'm hey like, Jeff, I, Jeff,
1: you want to tell people what Canva is in case they haven't been exposed. It's
2: amazing, in man. Slice bread. And creative people, like I have a face for radio, but I also have the creative skills of somebody that would need Canva. So it, it is just all creative, template driven. There's a freemium. There's paid or Pro. I think they call it Canva Pro, but it's great to get. Job post images out, or any sort of biz dev. I mean, you can do. They have a whole suite of products now. And LinkedIn PowerPoint, banners,
1: PowerPoint. You can jump in and just. Oh yeah, a pre-made template. They've got pre-made templates for everything, and it looks really good.
2: And I mean, I probably would have had the same. Hey, guess what? This one's here. Like in 2016, as I'm doing now. But like, it's amazing how people still aren't catching on to it. It's great for anybody. So.
0: I do a lot with the webinar, with the podcast, social share cards of quotes. So like, I'll pull out a couple of quotes from this one and share them. Because like, adding them into LinkedIn as the image or to Twitter is really important. So guys, Canva, great call out, Jeff. Man, that was awesome. Good job. There it is. We, we use it a lot here
3: too. So for me, you guys already touched on great recruiters. I was going to say, I just think that social proof is important. So that leads me into, now, in full disclosure, this company does pay me. So I'm <laughs> putting that out there. But... I believe in them. I mentioned them a little bit earlier. Gig Ronan, Tosh Cook's the president and CEO. He's actually speaking today
0: at the ASA event. It's staffing world, so...
3: Staffing world, yeah. Yeah, sorry. But Gig Ronin is an on-demand platform. They do have built-in ratings between the staffing client and the worker. You can rate the worker. Did they show up on time? Were they punctual? All these different things. The worker can actually rate the company based on safety, based on how they were treated, things like that, right? There's a lot of back-and-forth social proofing, all these different features you can turn off and on if some people are uncomfortable with it or whatever. But We had mentioned freemium or paid. Right now, if anybody's listening, they are making their onboarding in the first six months for free for anybody that wants to dabble and dip their toe into on-demand software. And that is a hell of a deal for any staffing company that, and of course, it should be probably something in the hospitality, light eye, manufacturing, shipping and receiving, distribution, that type thing, Right. But if you want to forego the setup, the onboarding, and six months of service, they're offering that now. I have demoed the product from top to bottom. We're working on some of their marketing plans and things of that nature right now. It's amazing how deep this runs. It's a completely white-labeled app for your business. That's a great differentiator for sales. So if you need to early adopt
0: something, now's the time. Cool. That's awesome. Good to know. You're totally cool plugging something that's paying you. (laughs) Anything free, Brian, that you guys are using outside of Canva? Page Monitor sounded cool, Kelly. So for landing pages, card. Spell it C A R D D.
1: I kind of wish there was 1D on that, just for Rob's sake.
3: Do what? (laughs) Yeah, so they have free, no coding, no experience necessary. You can set up very attractive landing pages for your business if you want to drive traffic specifically to landing pages and you don't know how to code, you don't know how to post and set up WordPress and all that. So,
0: click not code.
3: Yeah, it's just straight up easy, drag and drop. Well, just was, excited,
0: by the way. I could see his eyes.
3: Yeah, what I like about it is in some of these drag and drop, WYSIWYG type web stuff. I mean, they just don't look that great. But Card has a really decent UI and it's very modern looking and all of that. So you set one up in five
0: seconds, and now you have a landing page. You can push your PPC to and all of that. So love it, and then you can make links. If you're posting a video, you can bring it back to the relevant landing page like we talked about before. All right. So guys, we already answered all these and I think we actually answered them all in this one. This is supposed to be rapid fire, but it's okay. So (laughs) video or now is the second one. I think everyone just say yes to video. Yes. Everyone's saying yes and nodding their head, guys. (laughs) Is thought leadership the new public relations? I'm going to let you guys go into this one, but let's not take as long. So Mr. Kovic, you're up. (laughs) Yeah,
3: so I think thought leadership has always been important. I mean, if you go back to the beginning of time, all the way till now, I think people seek out experts and they want to know that they're true experts. The way that you do that is you've got to speak to your authority. That's it. I think thought leadership is the number one thing that is going to get
2: people to trust in you and your services. Awesome. Mr. Stats? I think thought leadership, if you do it right, it's a form of positioning. It becomes your positioning statement. And that's what PR is. And I think that storytelling is positioning, whether it's top of funnel all the way down. So I think if you do it right, it can replace PR. And it can, again, there's a couple nuances of PR that you probably want. But I think if you do it right, it does replace it. And I think it should be done. Kelly?
1: So... One of the things we talk to new clients about is all right, so if you're looking to really hone in on clients or candidates, where do they live? Where do they go for their information? So, in the staffing world, a lot of people, when you're learning about your own industry, go to ASA, SIA, et cetera, right? But your clients are going to their own industry specific places or their own market specific places. And so, we talked about thought leadership like on demand webinars and ebooks, et cetera, that live on social, live on your website. But if you can also tailor some of that content and make relationships and pitch it to groups that are relevant to your audience, that's kind of the new form of PR. More traditional PR is, all right, we launched a division, a service offering, someone new got hired of so much caliber level, we're going to pitch it to the local publication. I still see that being relevant if you are in one market or you have specific, specific marketing focuses, right? You're not national, but you're honed in on certain cities. And that can be really interesting because if you build a relationship with a PR firm, we've got one we recommend that has experience in the staffing space and they've done a really good work for our sister company. But just to be able to be in one market and turn on your local news and see someone from the staffing firm as an owner or a leader talking about trends in hiring given COVID In XYZ industry, like that's really interesting. And I don't see as many, at least small to medium sized staffing and recruiting firms taking advantage of that. And then those pieces of content can be repurposed in so many ways, just like a podcast can. So if anybody's interested in a referral, I'm happy to do that. Connect with me offline. Parker doesn't specialize in the pitching side, we specialize in the digital surrounding it. But yeah, there's a classic PR firm we really like.
0: Love it. Okay. So this one, you get one word it's marketing, internal hire a consultant like Parka, Haley, Ryan, or a combination. So Jeff, let's let you go first since you would be the person buying said service. Both? Combo. combo? All right. Ryan, when you were running two staffing firms? Combo. Okay. Kelly? Combo. Awesome. So guys, Ryan, you said poo-poo earlier, but it's the poo-poo platter. It's the combo plate. You guys gotta use all of the resources. Find experts, find what works for you, find people who know your industry. Like I like Ryan because Ryan tells me how to market things to certain industries all the time. He's like, why would you write that word if you're marketing to the technology sector? Like use this. This is what people are gonna actually type in to Google, right? So like you gotta combo. If you're not investing in marketing, I think everyone on this call unfortunately, we'll be writing an obituary for you soon. So or think,
3: an agency. one thing real quick is on the yeah. thing, like especially in staffing companies, because my space is small. Like I deal with a single office up to three or four locations. I'm not messing with the adecos of the world, right? And so when I have a point of contact inside, that's a marketing person that can be that point of contact, the path from here to execution becomes so much quicker.
1: Right, right. right?
3: Because the owners are just busy, And they don't want to deal with it, right? So you're talking about quicker execution. And so I think that's why marketers are always like,
0: I love it when you have somebody internally that's positioned in marketing. It's great. So, got so you don't need a ton of resources internally, but you do need
3: a point of contact,
0: a liaison or a point of contact. Yeah. Cool. Love it. And then a one word answer yes or no 2021 pay to play for your visual real estate, for your eye real estate. We'll go Ryan. Yes. Jeff. Yeah. Kelly. Yep. All right, guys. So, we all agree a combo for marketing and then everyone believes you got to be spending money to make money in 2021, probably forever. But guys, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Hopefully everyone who listens to this is going to get as much out of it as I think we all did. I think we all kind of reiterated things that we already believe in, but also brought in some new ideas. So thank you guys so much. And I appreciate the time. Oh, and also I will post everyone's email address, if that's okay with you guys so that people can find you if they want or on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn and email, I'll post. Thank you guys again. So signing off. Thanks, Rob. Bye, Kelly. Bye. Thanks, Rob. After this short break, stay tuned for our next segment of Ask Lauren.
4: Now is the time to prioritize communication and engagement while keeping your team at maximum productivity and keeping your job orders and pipeline full in the most cost-efficient and agile way. Sense is the automated communication and engagement platform chosen by the world's leading staffing firms. It turbocharges recruiting, marketing, and sales teams to dramatically improve time to hire, lower contractor attrition, and increase deployment. You can learn more at sensehq.com. What's
0: up, Lauren? How are you?
4: I am super fantastic. How are you?
0: I am doing well. What do we have on deck today?
4: Okay, so the topic du jour and the conversations that I have been having since we last did ask Lauren is all around integration. Can I function with a bunch of different tools that aren't integrated? And my answer is Absolutely not. (laughs) There is no transformation without integration. I have said it on every podcast. I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. I'm going to tattoo it on my forehead. (laughs) There is no transformation without integration.
0: I think that's our new t-shirt for the podcast. Let's do it.
4: I'm into it. (laughs) You can't put your teams through multiple disparate systems. You are essentially creating inefficiencies within your organization, probably unintentionally, by having all of this disparate digitization out there. It's not transformation if it's not integrated. If your ATS isn't speaking to onboarding, you're going to be re entering information. The likelihood that there's data entry errors, there are more hands on it when everything is disparate and unintegrated. And it creates more problems than you probably had when you had a more analog manual process. And so I would challenge anyone that is looking at investing in technology do the systems speak to one another? Do they have integration capability? Because you can't go buy an onboarding tool and an ATS and a CRM and a this and a that and expect that if they're not speaking, that you're not going to have a world of hurt on your hand from a dysfunction perspective.
0: Absolutely, right? Like the spoke and the wheel or whatever you want to call it for an analogy. You need data flowing. That's the most important thing. Can data flow that's shared or required if you have four systems if you have an ATS and onboarding a payroll and then a general ledger right like the sweet spot would be that the relevant information that needs to go to all the systems can get to where they need to go through an integration without you having to manually enter it and let's be honest sometimes it's more efficient if there's like a one-off system like if the payroll system might require an export that's ideal well integrations ideal exports like second tier and then like but for efficiency sake right like you might need one of them to have some manual work but the more you can eliminate, the better.
4: Absolutely. The whole point of going digital, the whole point of taking old analog processes and putting them in this new digital world is so that you can streamline and create efficiencies within your operation. And when you have tools that are segregated or unintegrated, you create more work for yourself. And from an adoption and process perspective, everything stops there's a stopping point between each, tool. And that doesn't create efficiencies within your organization. And I think oftentimes we underestimate how profound an integration and the efficiencies it could create if a simple application came into your ATS and was flagged as a new candidate. I talk about candidate response management all of the time, and that requires that your onboarding tool or your sourcing tools integrated with your ATS. And we underestimate the power of the middle office and the power of integration. And so it's got to be 100% part of the conversation from the beginning. That is the brilliant thing about the bullhorn marketplace, right? Is everything is right there. We already know there are existing integrations. There's a qualification process to sit in the marketplace, meaning they have to have a number of working integrations. And so that should give the buyer confidence that if you're looking to something within that marketplace, it has integration capability. But if you aren't leveraging a marketplace or a core system like that, you must ask the question, can you integrate with my ATS? And is it something that you've done before? Because I never want to be the guinea pig.
0: Yeah, well what if it gets you a financial benefit, Miss Lauren? Yeah. You know I know, I agree with you.
4: Been the guinea pig before and you gotta know it walking into it. There are certain scenarios where you're trying something like maybe bleeding edge and I am always known as the beta. Yeah,
0: I think there's a difference between the expectation of it, right? Like that's what you're saying. Make sure you understand the expectation and if you are not in a place or do not have the manpower to deal with a brand new integration that you are not. If you are in a happy place where you can deal with or like it's not critical, mission critical, and you can deal with the integration not working perfectly, then it's okay. But like it goes back to the expectation and understanding the bandwidth of your team because hey, not all teams are built equally, so. Correct. All right, say it one more time for me.
4: There is no transformation without integration. There was a lot of fist pumping going
0: on right there, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. View on the Experience Podcast. Make sure you are liking, sharing, reviewing. Whatever you want to do with the podcast, make sure that it's getting out there. We need more people and staffing to use technology better. And that's what Lauren and I are doing here. So Lauren, thank you.
4: Of course. Thank you. As All always. right.
0: Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in.